0: Welcome, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. This is Brother Jimmy Fortunato, and you're listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Baptist Church in Tennessee. For more information about our church, please visit us on the web at pilgrimbaptist.church. Psalm chapter 33. We'll do our best to get through 22 verses this evening. Psalm chapter 33, it's broken down in three sections. One is an exhortation to praise God. That's verses 1 through 3 in Psalm 33. Uh, verses 4 through 19, we have reasons for praising him. We learn that his character is goodness and truth. We learn that he made the universe and his wisdom is displayed in his creation. In verses 10 and 11, we learn His counsel and His purposes are 100% stable. And then the last verses, we learn that His blessing bestowed upon those who acknowledge Him as God, and those blessings include God's care, God's protection, and God's deliverance from danger. Unless you're working with a table saw. Um... And then the last, uh, th- the third section is the expression, the last three verses, the expression of a purpose to praise Him. So let's start in verse number one. The Bible says, Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Now if you're righteous, which I am, if you're saved, which I am, you're capable of rejoicing in the Lord. That's where we find our joy. Unbelievers, they never taste His goodness. And they can't really praise Him from their heart. It's impossible for them. That's why we want them to come to know the Lord, because they'll know what true joy is. Now, comely means desirable, suitable, it's proper, and it's normal. It's very normal to praise the Lord. Those that believe, those that trust Him, it's a normal thing to do it would be abnormal, it would be unreasonable to silent the praise of God's people. Especially as we're New Testament believers, especially the free gift of salvation that was so freely offered to us and all the daily benefits and blessings that we get. And this is where true happiness is found. True happiness is found in true worship. Everybody wants happiness. That's what people want. That's what sells. That's what all the gurus sell. We can show you how to be happy. But the Buddhist monk and the, 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 uh, the Hindu that's sitting in the, uh, in the yoga position for three hours to achieve nirvana, he can't really show you true happiness because he doesn't have true worship. and He doesn't have true joy. They create these things temporarily, but it's, it's not where true happiness comes from. True happiness comes from the Lord. You can rejoice in Him. That's where joy is found. Rejoice means you just keep doing it again and again and again. Okay. Um, verse number 2, the Bible says, Praise the Lord with heart. David did that. Sing unto him with the psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. I play the guitar using stringed instruments are just fine. No instrument would be wrong to use to play to praise the Lord. We do run into some problems now in churches um, because you see that thing sitting right there? What is that? What type of instrument is that? No. Yeah, but what type? It's Sir? It's a stringed instrument. It's a stringed instrument. <laughs> You, you, you open that thing up, that's a stringed instrument. And, but what else is it? Percussion. Yes, sir. It's a percussion instrument. So people say, well, percussions, they shouldn't be in church. Well, every time a piano player sits down, he's using a stringed and percussion instrument. You know, the problem is, I was telling my son a couple of weeks ago said, son, there's nothing wrong with drums. You you, you put a set of drums right there, it's it's an instrument like anything else. problem we have in America today is I can't find anybody that wants to use them to praise the Lord. Usually that's a gateway to rock and roll. (laughs) But I can't sit up here and tell you that drums are of the devil. (laughs) I don't have a verse for that. But I certainly see enough fruit that when I see a stage with a 10 piece drum set, I can almost guess what that thing's going to turn into. Okay? But nevertheless, verse 2, Psalm 33, Psalm 33, verse 2, praise the Lord with harp, sing unto him with the psaltery. What's a psaltery? It's a flat stringed instrument. You pluck it with your fingers, or you strike it with a small bow or a stick. It has a trapezoid or triangular shape. That's what the psaltery is. Verse number 3, the Bible says, Sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise. It's okay to write, play, compose new songs. They don't all have to come from Somebody that lived in the 1700s or 1800s. It's okay. Because what's, what was new in the 50s was old in the 60s. What's new in the 60s is old in the 70s. And it's okay to be loud. True worship includes music. It should have variety. And it should be fresh. The children singing this morning. Wasn't that great? it's a different variety and it's a blessing and it's a blessing now one occurrence of seven new songs are in the old testament six of them we show up in psalms and one in isaiah and that's where you see new song now when i got saved the lord put a new song in my heart i hope he did for you as well. I don't sing the old songs. I don't get excited about all those ol- old worldly songs that I used to listen to. I was a big Van Halen fan. You kids don't even know what I'm talking about. Probably some of the older folks may you have kids my age, you probably yell at them for listening to Van Halen. <laughs> But I remember hearing Van Halen on the radio, one of their songs was running with the devil. And I remember reaching over and turning the dial off. And I said to myself, I'm a Christian, I don't run with the devil no more. And I just had no desire for that. Because the Lord put a new song in my heart. Verse number 4. Uh, Psalm 33. Psalm 33, sorry. Uh, Verse number 4, the Bible says, For the word of the Lord is right, and all His works are done in truth. If you haven't learned by now, I'm I'm real big in staying in God's Word. Because if we stay in God's Word, we can't go wrong. If you try to go with what I say, or I try to go with what you say, or I have a favorite preacher, you have a favorite preacher, and you have a favorite preacher, and we want to go by what all the preachers say, we're just going down the road of bad news. I have favorite preachers, so do you. Praise the Lord. I'm not against that. What I'm saying is, we all have to be subject to God's Word because the Word of because. The word of the Lord is right. I've had people tell me before, you got to get out of the commentaries, brother. Like you spend study time with me. (laughs) You don't even know what I read. As that person comments on what the Bible means to me. (laughs) Everybody comments. Everybody has a commentary. What does that mean? Get away from the commentaries. I don't know. It can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. Commentaries aren't the word of the Lord. Commentaries are comments of what preachers have to say. When I get up here, when Kelly gets up here, when Nathan gets up here, what we say doesn't matter. It needs to line up with the word of God because His words are right. Well, what do you think of this commentary? What do you think of that commentary? Well, if they line up with the Word of God, I'm with them. If they don't line up with the Word of God, I'm not with them. <laughs> and you should say the same thing about me. I should say, we, We're trying to get aligned with the Word of God so that no one man, no one author, no one commentator gets the preeminence. The Lord does. The Lord does. How do we get better at God's Word? We study it. We, we RBO it. We read it, we believe it, and obey it. RBO, read, believe, and obey. All right, verse number uh, five. He loveth righteousness and judgment. How about that? The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. His goodness is everywhere. We can look out, we can see it all over in his creation. Verse number six. This is good, kids. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of His mouth. Because God created everything, He can rightfully claim praise. How many of you kids ever made a little thing? A little something? You woodwork something, you drew something, you made a little art project, you colored a thing, put your hand up if you ever did that. What's the first thing you want to do? Oh, look, Mom. Oh, look, Dad. Look what I did. You're looking for praise. You're looking for thanks. You're looking for... Look up in the sky. You know who made that? God. He can rightfully claim praise. And we should, we should praise Him. And this, there's heaven right there. It brings it right into existence. You do that and your mom tells you to go brush your teeth. (laughs) But that's God. Man, we were up in the airplane and you're in a small little plane. You're right up there in the first heaven, man. Just looking. Then you look down and see God's creation and you look up. Wow. And then you learn, kids learn about how the airplane stays up. It's air. It's how they use God's air. He's worthy of praise. Verse number 8. Let all the earth fear the Lord. We, we preached a lot about that over the last month. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in all in Him. Oh man, the big word when I was growing up. 70's and 80's. It was awesome. That's awesome. Man, get your skateboard, man. That's awesome. Awesome. Now I think the word's sweet. Everything's sweet, you know. But, you know what the Bible says? Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. He is awesome. I'm careful. I'm careful to say anything's awesome. Because I just believe that that word is reserved for God. Awe. Awe. And the Bible says in Psalms as well, I don't, like, I don't like reverend either. It says reverend is His name. I don't like oh my any G word. I tell my kids, I'd rather you not say oh my anything. You think it's a sin? I don't know. I just know that people use God's name as a curse word and they want to use it irreverently. So I'd rather not say, oh my, anything. I'd rather just have them play safe and really think about what some of these terms mean that people use. I'm not making a new doctrine up. I'm just saying we need to be respectful of God's titles and who He is. He is awesome. We are in awe of Him. And what do we have next? Um... Verse number 9, For He spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. God says it, done deal. If you were able to keep in check, you know there's Amazon rainforests, there's all type of ocean life, there's all type of... Sea or air, uh, life, birds, and God keeps that all in in, in order. I have a hard enough time keeping the garage in order, (laughs) I got stuff all over the place after today's escapade. God keeps all that stuff in order, that's amazing. It's an amazing God we serve. And verse number 10 the Lord bringeth. The counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. Nobody's going to beat God. He's going to promote His glory. Anybody that tries to oppose God is going to be unsuccessful. He is great. He is glorious. He's the mighty God. He is subordinate to no one. Now kids, here's what happens. You grow up and you're subordinate to your parents. So when your parents tell you, no, this is when meal is, so this is when you're going to eat. And if you don't eat, then you can wait till the next meal and eat. And you're not going to like that. But because you're subordinate to them, you have to obey it. And then there's going to be another rule that you don't like, that you have to do because your parents are bigger, stronger, meaner, and uglier than you. (laughs) but you do it why because you have to well there's going to come a day where you're going to be stronger than your parents physically and your will is going to be stronger than your parents (laughs) meaning they don't want to fight that hard anymore and you know what's going to happen you can go do your own thing And you know what people do in America? They don't like God's laws. They don't like God's principles. And they don't want to be subordinate to it. They only did it for a season because they had it to. But now they realize, I can just come under all of that because you know what? I didn't obey God and He didn't strike me down with lightning. And they thumb their nose at God and they don't want to be subordinate to to his rules because they feel like they have to do it. You know what they do? They go join some evolutionary cult or some anti-God establishment, secular humanism, whatever it is, and they think they beat God. But they don't. What did we say earlier? God is subordinate to who, kids? That would be nobody. Stay on the winning side. (laughs) Because He's the one that's worthy to praise. He's the one that's worthy to praise. Next verse. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Pray that our nation would Call God the Lord. We're getting further and further away from that as a culture, as a nation. And the people whom He hath chosen for His own inheritance. To make some practical application, America needs to wake up. This verse isn't specifically speaking of America. I'm just making some practical application for us to think about in our everyday lives. America's God has become sports, Politics and money. Are you against all those things? No. I keep up with politics as much as I need to. I like sports for physical activity. And who doesn't like money? <laughs> it Rates up there with oxygen, right? Isn't that what Zig said? We all need it. But these have become the idols of America. And they don't want to worship God. But it gets better. The lonely housewife, her God becomes the soap opera network and the romance novels. So they're unhappy because their husband works all day and then spends 40 minutes at the bar after work and then comes home and is fussing. And so, you know, Days of our lives and all our illegitimate children and all those programs they sit in front of. And that becomes their truth. They allow those people to preach to them. Husband, same thing. Instead of going home to his children and his wife and reading devotions, it's a few rounds at the bar. When he comes home, the old lady better have a hot meal for him. (laughs) I'm amazed how much I hear that term here in the South. I just heard it this week. Uh, met someone on this road, on this street. Talked to him for a little bit. Invited him to church. And he says, I'm going to run that by the old lady. I, I'm amazed. I'm amazed. I was telling Sister Caroline earlier in the year, it just sounds rude to me. <laughs> but I'm amazed how many got. Oh, because I was telling her that we had this, um, oh, they were doing something at the house. I think it was the insulation. Well, the the insulation company sends over these two fellas to put the insulation up. So I had pulled back up around lunchtime, and the one fella, he's like 22, (laughs) working on it, and he comes up and he introduces me to his old lady. (laughs) like old lady she's 20 <laughs> what do you mean old lady <laughs> so she said you know it's a I just rude I just but people say it and that's why they got problems when they get home but people this is how they think in America sports money politics women are hooked on romance novels and soap operas men are work or hooked on the bar Sports, a hot meal, and then the fellas are coming over. I don't understand why she's upset at me, preacher. Well, because you're stupid. That's why. We've got to be careful. You get older, you don't want to just have a bunch of old people sitting around playing bingo and knock rummy and not wanting to do anything for the Lord. It doesn't matter what age. We all can come up with something to replace God. Are you against bingo? No, I'm not against bingo. You want to play bingo? Play bingo. But you see what I'm saying? I'm not against sports. You want to play sports? Play sports. But where's we need to wake up. Where is our allegiance? What brings you the most joy in life? I guess I can just sum the whole thought up that way. What brings you the most joy in life? That's your God. That's my God. Want to witness to somebody? Ask them, what brings you the most joy in life? Right there, they'll tell you who their God is. And then go from there. You know, just let the Lord kind of work it out, but that's a good question to ask people. Uh, The end of verse 12 says inheritance. We have an inheritance, everlasting life, eternal security, safe in the arms of Jesus. Verse 13, the Lord looketh from heaven. He beholdeth all the sons of men. From the place of His his habitation, He looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. God's dwelling place is the third heaven. First heaven is in the skies where the birds are. Second heaven, outer space, past, and then third heaven is God's dwelling place. Uh, Verse number 15, He fashioneth their hearts alike. He considereth all their works. There's a lot to the heart. The Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. God can because He made it. And every single problem of life can be found in the heart. He's, not a, he's, not a, he's a, a, good, a good acquaintance of mine. Someone that I know fairly well. All of a sudden, one day, he gets home. Wife cleared out everything. Just wiped him out. Left. How does that happen? Pay attention, children. This is serious. Heart. That's how it happens. Heart. That's where it starts. If you have something in your heart, get it out. How do you get it out? Read this chapter and get your mind wrapped around who the Lord is. God understands the human heart. He made it. He understands it. He has a way for you to have a clean heart. You have a clean heart, everything will be clean. Even, even people that disagree on things. There's no way you can get 100 people in a church house and have everybody agree on every single point of doctrine. There's just no way. It's impossible. So what do we do? If our hearts have been made clean by the Lord it can work that's why brother nathan can do christmas i don't do christmas we can get along because we don't need to make this a point of contention we don't need to beat each other up over it you read something you get a different application i read something i get a different application we don't change it's not changing fundamental doctrines of the bible but man, we'd be really, really hard-pressed to try to make the case that every single one of our conclusions is right all the time, 100%. That's why it's hard to be a preacher. Because you got to be spot on three, four times a week depending on how many services you have. you got to be spot on. Because you're going to have a guy in the church that's sitting in the back that all he has done is studied one doctrine and he knows it like the back of the hand, back of his hand. I'm not going to beat that guy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know everything. <laughs> Either do you. That's why we have to have clean hearts. A clean heart helps fix a lot of stuff. We don't try to be wrong for the sake of being wrong, but I hope you get what I'm saying. Verse 16, There is no king saved by the multitude of an host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength, The king might think he's secure because of his army, right? God don't need that. He's the one true great protector. And you and I can come up with all sorts of self-defense. You know, I I got beat up as a kid pretty bad, so my dad signed me up for karate. And it really helped me a lot. Helped me a lot. Not to be such an awkward, skinny, big-nosed Italian kid that always got picked on all the time. (laughs) I had a tough childhood in that aspect. But then I learned jujitsu, And I thought my karate would take out this little um, surfer dude that was about 17 years old. I thought, I'm going to kick this kid's teeth out. And when I tried to, he ended up taking me down and choking me out. <laughs> I said, this must be a fluke. Tried it again, same thing. Where do I sign up? I said, now i got to learn this stuff. Wow then you meet somebody that says oh yeah well guess what i got (laughs) there's always something to beat what you got (laughs) there is there's always something we got a guy this guy comes to our tournaments he brings his team really really high level um, instructor well he's he's excellent excellent at knife fighting at knife defense, disarm. I mean, he's just excellent at that. And he's showing me some stuff. I'm like, well, guess it stinks to be me. <laughs> I mean, he's just got something better in that area. Horses, chariots, armies, none of that. God's the great protector. We don't put our faith in any of those things at all. It's only temporary protection under a set of circumstances that makes it work. God's the great pro. God grants the victory. There's only one way to win for us as Christians. We get the victory in Jesus Christ. Verse 17, a horse is a vain thing for safety. right? We talked about that. Um, But safety, neither shall he deliver any by his great strength. Don't put your faith in horses, kings, armies, all that. Verse 18, behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear Him. Upon them that hope in His mercy. That shouldn't bother you. Um, I don't know when we talked about this. About Maybe it was this morning. All the sermons run together in my head sometimes. Wow. Especially if you get hit with a piece of wood. But, talking about kids and Oh, this is my toy. And they don't want to share their toys. Well, there's a part of me where I don't so much teach my kids that they have to share with everybody. Because I think we're going to raise little socialists. (laughs) It's their stuff. If you don't want to share your toy, don't share your toy. Then we grow up and then we realize that um, vote for Bernie means I have to share all my stuff with everybody. It's their personal property. Let them take some ownership of stuff. Now, the whole sharing thing, you do got to work that in there because they do have sinful little hearts. I'm not saying one at the exclusion of the other. I'm just saying that there, there needs to somehow be both. I don't have it all worked out. I don't have it all perfect. But I know there needs to be both. Um, what was my point? I had a point. I right, learned there if you're... Oh. Oh, okay. Here's my point: the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear Him. This, what I'm saying is, this shouldn't concern you. This shouldn't concern me. So I'm all for um, uh, personal privacy, right? It's my property. It's our church house. So I'm all for protecting privacy. So it's our right, right? We all have that. But. On the other hand, it's well, if are not doing if, if you're not doing anything wrong and I'm not doing anything wrong and we're not doing anything wrong, what do you care who's tapping your cell phone? There's that side of it too, right? Look, I want personal property rights. I'm not saying I'm for tapping cell phones. All I'm saying is, what do you got to fear? If you're telling somebody about Jesus or all your business dealings are of 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 uprightness and The husband isn't talking to some Jezebel that he found on the side and the wife isn't trying to order another romance novel. You see what we're saying? There's both sides to it. We should not be concerned that God's eyes are on us. We should be living upright lives. Verse number 19, "...to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine." Verse number 20, our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help. He is our shield. Verse 21, for our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. There it is again. Better than joy. You get to do it again. You rejoice. And then verse number 22. Let Thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in Thee. Notice the prayer that God's mercy be bestowed upon His chosen people, Israel, who hope in Him. And if we make the application, mercy, God not punishing us for sins we deserve, grace, grace, God blessing us despite the fact that we deserve sin, or we deserve judgment. So mercy we get delivered from judgment. Grace is extending kindness to the unworthy, we're unworthy. And it's best illustrated in the plan of salvation in Jesus Christ. We deserve judgment. Little ones, you got to understand this about God. You deserve judgment. You're cute, but you deserve judgment. God loves you, but you deserve judgment. That's why Jesus Christ threw Himself into this mess of sin and paid for it for you. You know, you're cute to your mommy and daddy, but sometimes you're going to get some judgment. (laughs) It's because they love you. Instead of judgment, though, you know what your parents give you sometimes? Grace. Grandparents know this. You've already been through all that raised kids, now you're in grandkids and a lot of grace now. <laughs> just have fun and love on them and let your kids deal with them, right? <laughs> so there's just a lot of grace. God, children pay attention, God saves by His grace even though you deserve judgment. That's why your parents want you to hear about Jesus and hear Bible preaching and be attending Sunday school so that you can hear these things over and over and over. Because if not, your heart is so deceitful that you will continue to think that you're a cute little snuggle bug your whole life, and you're not gonna be. You're gonna grow up, and you have to have a way to pay for your sins. How does God save kids? By His grace. You deserve what? Judgment, but God offers you grace. grace. He offers you salvation by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how you can be saved from your sin. Because sin is the problem. Because of the mercy and grace of God, our response should be to fall on our knees in worship and thanksgiving. And that's why we as Christians get together. He's worthy to be praised. We couldn't get this thing done on our own. And we thank Him for it. Let's bow and pray. Lord, thank You that we can rejoice in You. Thank You that we can sing praise unto You with a new song, with a harp, with instruments. Thank You that Your words are right. Thank You, Lord, that You made the heavens and the creation. Thank you that you take care of all the counsel of the heathen. Thank you, Lord, that we can look up to heaven and know that there is a God. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Help us to show that to someone this week. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. Thanks a bunch for listening. For more information about Pilgrim Baptist Church, be sure to visit us online at pilgrimbaptist.church where you can also send me a personal message or learn more about joining us for a church service. And remember, Christ is all.